We've got two championship matches, three number one contenders matches, and a tribute to the dead man in this week's review of Monday Night Raw. So this was actually a, a pretty good episode of Raw, but you wouldn't know it by watching the first hour. The first hour was very, very rough, and um, yeah, let's just, let's just get it out of the way. It started with a segment with Team Raw, because of course they were the most successful people at Survivor Series. They had a clean sweep of SmackDown, and in reward for that, Adam Pearce says one of them will get to face Drew McIntyre for the title. But who will it be? He actually asks them all to state their case, which I thought was actually really smart. You get promo time from all of them, but none of the promos were particularly good. Riddle still playing his weird stoner thing, which... Okay, whatever. Um, but it ends with Pierce saying, Well, Braun, you haven't spoke yet, so last but not least... And then Braun gets mad because he doesn't understand phrases. He's like, oh, you called me last? I'm not last? How dare you? And then he headbutts Adam Pierce. And then we go to commercial. That was the whole fucking segment. That was it. It was four weird promos and then Adam Pierce getting a headbutt in the head. So we come back, and we are informed that we are going to see the Hurt Business versus the New Day for the tag titles, because every episode of Raw is the fucking same. And luckily, they gave a little bit of an explanation, like, the Hurt Business approached the New Day, made fun of them for losing at Survivor Series, and so therefore, Xavier got kind of goaded into this match. Like, Xavier was like, Kofi was straight up like, this is our night off, we we don't need to, but Xavier's like, we have to. So. A little bit of dissension. Good way to have them drop the tag titles without looking weak. Nah, fuck that. Instead, we're going to have a 30-minute a cabal of bullshit. Because here's the thing. On paper, this match should be good. You've got the New Day, one of the greatest tag teams, if not the greatest tag team in WWE history, taking on a rising, a, a dominant powerhouse of a group in the form of the Hurt Business. Nah. And not only that, it went 30 minutes, and they worked an injury, there was a lot of really cool shit, but fuck, this was rough. This was really, really fucking bad, because it ends in a double countout, which I already was having flashbacks to fucking Lana winning last night, but we'll get into that later. So that happens, and I said, okay... It, it was non-offensive. You know, they, they did what they had to do. Uh, it allows the Hurt Business to have an alibi for when they challenge later. Oh, you didn't beat us? We lost by countout. We lost by a DQ, which actually comes into play with a Hurt Business match later. Instead, they're just like, nope, fucking go again. One more time. And I don't know if, like, somebody got injured and they had to just make this go long that's the only thing i could possibly think but i will say the second match was better because the first match was just hurt business 
doing hurt business shit which they've yet to really find anything interesting about their in-ring work so that was rough but luckily the second match uh kofi got injured had a knee injury and that's kind of what they worked that was the story of the match at that point was can kofi's knee hang up can kofi last in there and that was interesting now of course it it was weird how little offense the new day got which made me a little bit upset like there would be a hot tag in two seconds later the hurt business would be back in control but yeah that happened there were numerous weird calls from the referee which i'm not trying to be an aew mark but i like how the referees in aew will be like well that is a rope break but no neither of them notice it's not interfering with it i'm not gonna call it but there were moments during this where the ref would be like no his foot was an inch under the rope so rope break you gotta get out of there so that was weird um and then uh end of the match xavier rolls him up fuck that's what happened there um so then we get a segment with adam pierce who has some uh high school theater (laughs) bruise makeup on his shiny little bald head and uh he says if it was up to me or uh braun would be fired for what he did he's mad at braun which makes me just really hope we get pierce versus braun because i want to see adam pierce wrestle again but then they ask well who were you going to announce would face drew mcintyre and he's like ah and then bobby lashley shows up and is like can we talk okay and then we go to commercial then we come back to commercial to adam pierce in the exact same fucking location like nothing changed i thought i genuinely thought i had accidentally rewound it is how similar it was and then uh they're like okay well now that you've talked to bobby lashley what now and then randy orton fucks up like randy orton's just like hey i'm here now and then they talk that was it and then we get a recap of the uh team raw victory of the women's team's victory at survivor series making me so fucking furious and we get a promo from lana who um here's the thing i i i understand they're trying to make lana a baby face but Lana is a professional wrestler. She is no longer a valet. She is no longer a manager. She wants to prove herself in the ring. And this promo doesn't show that to me. That promo, her promo was, this was the greatest moment of my career. If, if I'm dreaming, don't wake me up. Motherfucker, you won by doing nothing. You are a professional wrestler. You are a warrior. You go in that ring to fight and to win. You did not fight. You did not earn that victory. And I'm not saying Lana cannot be a good babyface. She has a phenomenal fucking story behind her. But... The fact that there is acting like, oh, I'm fine with just getting what comes to me. I'm just a shy little nervous person who doesn't want to wrestle. That doesn't fucking work. You're a wrestler. You need to want to fight. So that happened. And then I swear to God, for the third time on this one episode, we cut back to Adam Pierce. Same location, same interviewer, same old, same fucking makeup on his head. And then they're finally like, okay, will you tell us now what the announcement was? And then he had to just be like, well, fuck, Randy Orton talked to me and then Bobby Lashley talked to me. So 
Now we're going to have three matches and then a triple threat to determine who will face Drew McIntyre, which made me mad because I would have loved to see a six pack challenge because they haven't done that in a long time. But nope, we're getting three um, three singles matches, which I believe are Sheamus versus Riddle because they don't want to give us anything new. Lee versus Lashley. And then um, in the main event, AJ versus Randy Orton. So it's the best they could do with what they had. And we go into the first match, which is Riddle versus Sheamus. And um, I'll be honest, I didn't like this for about three-fourths of the match. And then they turned on the gas at the end and reminded me like, oh yeah, these two can put on fucking magic when they're in the ring together. Um, Because in the beginning, I was comparing it to their previous match, the qualifying match for the Survivor Series team, which was fucking phenomenal. I loved it. And this one in the beginning wasn't really matching up, but then it just started going more and more. And I went, oh, this does rule. So this was honestly what saved Raw for me. This match was fucking phenomenal. Riddle reverses the Cloverleaf into a pinfall. And I I fucking hate Matt Riddle. I just... Because as a person, I know he's a shit. And when I look at the other people who are shits on TV, a la your Lars Sullivan's, your Velveteen Dreams, I'm not entertained by them. But Riddle still, like is good and it pisses me off because i'm like i know i fucking hate you but god that was good so that's how that was for that so then we get a segment with lana walking backstage and then oscar walks up to her and is like you want to fight for the fucking title and lana's like no i don't because that's her character her character is she doesn't want to fucking fight i guess a professional wrestler that does not want to fight and lana's like no i, I don't want to fight you and then oscar's like cool we've got a match later all right that's a thing. Uh, then we go to the Firefly Funhouse, which is finally getting back to its own. Um, I've talked in the past about the fact that when Bray loses the idea of where his storylines are going, Bray gets a little bit too, uh, I, I guess, bizarre. It gets a little bit too samey. And that's how Firefly Funhouse was for a while. But now that we've got the thing with Alexa and Nikki that's advertised for later, now that we're getting him versus Orton, it's easier for him to build a fun episode of firefly funhouse so you see uh him freaking out about uh the whole thing's about friendship and so you see bray saying like oh well friends will betray you and we get shots of the burnt down cabin from when randy betrayed him and then of course talks about alexa and then a fucking frog shows up and he's the friendship frog i guess and then alexa beats the shit out of him with a mallet and then we have a video package Fuck yeah, it was great. And then right afterwards, Bray, to cap off the segment, just goes, it's a real shame that he croaked. And I died. I died in my seat. It was so fucking good, which uh, I'm really happy they had that in the Seamus Riddle match to build me up a little bit before they gave me Asuka versus Lana, because holy shit. This was where you needed to have Lana prove herself as a fighter. And she got in a little bit of offense, but the whole story of the match is that Jackson Baszler at ringside and they're focusing on Asuka. One of them's going to be Asuka's next opponent. 
and then Asuka pours water on them, then they beat up Asuka, then it's a DQ. I shit you not, the end of this match was someone got water poured on them, and they got mad about that. So, Jackson Baszler challenge Asuka and Lana to a match, and that match fucking happened. It happened, and then at the end, Jax is about to put Lana through a table, and then Lana gets out of it, then Nia charges her, Lana gets out of the way, and then Nia tumbles over the table? Which I feel like she needed to go through it for the point to be... Fuck it. So that happened, and then Lana gets caught with the Kirafuda clutch by Baszler, Shayna Baszler. Let me remind you, one of the most dominant NXT Women's Champions of all time, a woman who looked, frankly, terrifying at the Elimination Chamber this year, got got fucking rolled up by, and I understand, it's Asuka, it's fucking Asuka, but got rolled up and got a three count in a show where they were like, yeah, fuck it, DQ here, double count out here, do whatever the fuck you want. They were like, no, but this one needs to be pure. This is the one where this needs to happen. So that was the last super bad thing on the show. Thank God. Uh, We get a segment with Riddle and MVP where Riddle acts like a stoner, does bad comedy, and then MVP is like, hey fucking fight me scrub like i don't know i i guess it's setting up lashley versus riddle for the u.s title in the future uh we get a recap of roman and, and drew at survivor series and then we get our second very good match of the night keith lee versus bobby lashley and this was very intriguing to watch because you never see bobby lashley not being the powerhouse you never see him as almost the underdog the david to the goliath but that's kind of where he was now i will say he kept trying to use power moves and that was very interesting to see like him realize oh no i i can't do this my normal way i can't outpower this guy and so he started to adapt instead of trying to hit suplexes he would immediately try to go for the hurt lock or he would hit flatliners like he he adjusted his move set and that was really that was really smart it was really good this was the best bobby lashley match i have seen in a very fucking long time this was a phenomenal match i don't think it was as good as Seamus Riddle, but it was very good. A lot of brutality. Lashley got busted open, um, and Lashley was pulling off power moves. Like, I know Lashley's strong, but that motherfucker carried Keith Lee. Like, he he carried him around. He suplexed him. Like, this really put over Bobby as somebody who can do power moves. And yeah, it was phenomenal. End of the match. MVP attacks Keith Lee to get the disqualification, meaning next week it's going to be Riddle, it's going to be Keith Lee, and it's going to be whoever wins the main event. And I liked this and I didn't. Because like, the smart part of me is saying, well let Keith Lee get the victory! It's not gonna hurt Bobby Lashley to lose a match! But also there is the part of me that understands Bobby Lashley is being very protected right now and they are trying to prevent as many pinfalls as possible from happening to the ceo of the hurt business so i understand and in a dq that way mvp's client never technically has ever been pinned so yeah i, I like that it was really good
good. And now we get Nikki Cross versus Alexa Bliss. And this was, they did this masterfully. Because I know I'm, I've not always been the biggest fan of the video packages that they air ad nauseum on Raw. But I liked it in this case. Because for people who haven't shown up, this let them know everything that's happened between Nikki and Alexa. And for people who only watch Raw, this lets them know what happened on SmackDown. So that was something. And then we get a promo from Nikki that's very fiery. Just saying, uh, last week I said, I friends don't give up on friends. But I didn't give up. Alexa did. And it's just her saying... I can't talk sense into her, so I'm going to beat sense into her. I'm going to beat the fiend out of her. And then she comes out to the ring. I don't know if I if I maybe just haven't heard it yet, but her new theme song fucking rules. Uh, in addition to Alexa, whose entrance is always phenomenal ever since the fiend turned. It's great. And this is almost akin to Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. It is technically not a great wrestling match there was not a lot of great wrestling to be had but emotionally it was powerful because you could see nikki desperately beating the hell out of alexa hoping to wake her up hoping to get something out of her and eventually she does eventually alexa who um interestingly enough alexa i i love the way she's playing her character because if you watch she'll sell for a moment She'll go, ah, and then she'll smile. It's almost as if she's trying to parrot Bray. She's trying to parrot the fiend, who, in kayfabe, the whole thing with Bray is that he has learned how to not feel pain. That is why he smiles throughout his matches. He smiles throughout all of it because he can't feel it. But Alexa can. And so it's interesting to watch her actually feel that pain and then snap into fiend mode and start smiling almost trying to be something she's not so that happens and then after enough of a beatdown, alexa begins to cry and stare up at nikki and say I- i'm so sorry please please help me please save me and it results in them embracing in the center of the ring which i thought was a really nice moment and then Alexa immediately turns it around into the smoothest fucking sister Abigail I have ever seen. And then just like poses on Nikki's broken body for the three count. Yes, I love this storyline has had a few lulls, but it's one of my fucking favorites. I love this storyline. I love what they're doing with Alexa. I love how much she is embracing the character, which I, I feel like in the beginning she was a little bit rough going. But yeah, this was great. Then we get the exact same video package from Undertaker, like you, the one that played during Survivor Series. We get that exact same video package, which upset me because I'm like, well, if the show's raw, have raw superstars talk about how much Undertaker meant to them. Have it be a legitimate send off to Taker from Raw. But instead, they just got lazy played the exact same video package on a show that already seemed like they were just throwing in what the fuck ever. And now we move on to the main event. Randy Orton versus AJ Styles to become the third man in next week's Triple Threat. And um, I feel bad for Drew McIntyre right now because in this match, AJ Styles made Randy Orton look weaker than Drew McIntyre ever fucking did. AJ Styles let me put it this way in the build-up to survivor series aj kind of become a pseudo comedy character and in this one match aj reminded us all 
that he is a former WWE motherfucking champion and you will put respect on his name. That was full on what AJ was doing during this. He beat the living hell out of Randy Orton, like brutalized him, working over the knee. It was very well done. Very, very good. And then, of course, at one point, the Fiend's music hits. As I alluded to earlier, Fiend pops up, spooks Randy Orton, but it doesn't affect Randy enough. Randy's still getting enough off, uh, offense on AJ. Randy's still coming back. So then finally the lights shut out. When they come back on, The Fiend is standing behind Randy. And I don't know if The Fiend has a new mask or what, but he looks a lot crazier. And it spooks Randy long enough for AJ to hit the phenomenal forearm, get the one, two, three. And I like this. I like that The Fiend did not interfere because that means AJ is still the one who won. Like, obviously, there were distractions involved, but it's not like any of the brutality came from The Fiend. It all came from AJ Styles, meaning that AJ won this match. Like, yes, distractions played in, but AJ's the one who won. The Fiend did not win this match for Randy Orton. AJ Styles won this match. Um, And fuck i'm just so happy i'm just so happy no more randy orton versus drew mcintyre after months and months of this bullshit we're finally out of the weeds finally out of the weeds and into glory of whoever i'm hoping we get aj versus drew aj always puts on good matches at the rumble just let it fucking happen so yeah that uh that was raw randy orton is going to be feuding with the fiend we've got matt riddle versus keith lee versus aj styles next week i'm excited for where raw is going but as far as my rating for the show goes there was very good stuff and very bad stuff so it wasn't raw it also wasn't well done it was right in the middle. This was a medium, medium-baked show. But do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, because we're finally doing these on YouTube, let me know in the comments below how you felt about this week's episode of Monday Night Raw, ladies and gentlemen. But until next time, remember to support us on Patreon.com slash a load of BS. It gets you access to a ton of exclusive content and to our Discord where we hang out and do live reactions to all of these episodes of Raw, NXT, AEW. We watch them live, and you can watch along with us at patreon.com slash a load of BS. But until next time, remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!